and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. If we don't do our jobs. What is your job exactly besides making balloon animals? Protecting your reality, douchebag. Okay, guys. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for everybody i'm chad bokelman i'm mark marvel and this is the lantern cast episode 478 that's right what are we talking about tonight we are talking about dr strange in the multiverse of madness that's right unlike uh moon knight i was able to see this thing which i'm gonna double check that that disney plus access and maybe i can Maybe I can I, see the thing. The reason I haven't like tried to get into it is like, I don't want to, I don't want to start watching a show and then suddenly someone realize it. And then I get cut off. And I'm not, not able to at least finish one whole show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I can understand that. <laughs> Cause it would just piss me off and then it would force me to spend the money. But somebody, somebody unnamed who probably never will listen to this show uh, logged into their um, Disney plus count over here on my Apple TV in a state of inebriation and did not log out. So <laughs> I've got a moral quandary, maybe. I mean, it's a friend, so who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Uh, but I did pay to go see Into the, mul- the, the or into the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I didn't get a chance to see it. So I finally can participate in this. Um, but before we do, top of the episode, uh, something I wanted to mention. We try to mention when uh, merchandise comes out. And uh, I'm sure Mark will tell his NFT journeys uh, for Funko <laughs> at a later date or tonight. Who knows? Um, but there was a, a sort of semi-announcement, so just sort of, you know, merchandise. Basically, merchandise for the Super Pets movie is starting to hit. And uh, I, Emerald Enthusiast, Donnie, uh, uh, over on Twitter, posted an image of the chip plushie that the just play company uh is putting out uh, if you guys go over to amazon and look up just play dc super pets small plush five pack you'll be able to see this um it is a five pack of small plushies um and there's crypto there's ace then there's the super speedy turtle and the 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 pig that looks like wonder woman and then there's chip in the green lantern costume i don't believe you can get these by themselves but the only link i've seen to buy them thus far is on amazon so who knows but uh yeah if you look that up it's from the company just play uh and when i went to search for these items to see what other plushy you know like you know are there other links to buy it elsewhere I did come across in an, uh, a showcase of what is supposed to be coming up as the next Happy Meal for McDonald's. And it is also a plush line for the Super Pets. 
And uh, instead of being just the super pets, there are individual small plushies. I would probably say, historically speaking, going off of, um, you know, just the size of, of, of Happy Meal toys, they're probably, what, two to three inches tall. And they're going to be the plushies of the super pets, but also a plushie of their human counterparts. So you'll have crypto and then you'll have a Superman and then you'll have Ace and then you'll have a Batman. In this one, you also have a chip and you have a Jessica. So there will be a chip and a Jessica Happy Meal toy. Uh, this was announced as an upcoming thing um, following whatever the current Happy Meal. I think it's Sonic, the, the new Sonic movie. Uh, and it was uh, leaked over in Australia. So um, it could not be coming to the States, but I don't see why something this big and this geared towards kids in D.C., I would have to imagine this is also coming to the States, but I did want to add that caveat on there. An image of both of these is over on our Twitter. So, uh, today is the 11th as we record this. So go look for the tweets from the 11th and you'll see these if you guys want to take a look at them. Um, and also this is just your sort of, you know, big, big, uh, Hey, waving the, the flag thing to go. Hey, DC super pets merchandise is coming out. Keep an eye out because if they're doing Happy Meals and plush sets, and even those are including the Green Lantern uh, squirrel, then probably the rest of the merchandise that isn't just Crypto and Ace will also include a Green Lantern squirrel or Jessica of some kind. So keep an eye out for Super Pets merchandise. We're already gearing up for for Happy Meal toys. We're already gearing up for it for plushies. So expect a wave of announcements coming soon. I'm pretty sure we won't be able to tell you guys about every single one of them that hits. So this is just your warning to keep an eye. They are, well, I was going to use a blanket disclaimer and say they are cute, but the Jessica thing is not. So (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't look like Jessica at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do. I actually, I like the McDonald's chip, oddly enough, more than the than the Just Play. I don't. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I can see why because it looks a little more real. Look real. It looks a little more authentic. Yeah. I think without the big, big, goofy, googling, googly eyes and the and and the nose on the other one. But I don't know. They both. They both. They both have. A little bit of an appeal, but that Jessica Cruz thing is pretty atrocious. Yeah, guys, uh, the Just Play five pack is currently there's only one Amazon rating. The, the link could change, guys. I don't know. The five pack is thirty two ninety nine over on Amazon. Just FYI, uh, if you guys are out there looking for it. And as I said, the McDonald's thing is just a leak so far, uh, and it hasn't hit yet. It's supposedly supposed to hit after the Sonic stuff is done. So keep an eye out. But other than that. Just want to let you guys know. So, uh, Doctor Strange into the multi. Or in, I, why, why do I keep wanting to say into the multiverse? Because you have that damn Spider-Man animated <laughs> stuff embedded in your brain forever. <laughs> That's the reason. It's why. a great movie, man. What I what can I say? <laughs> yeah, and, and and we can hear you talk about it next year when when part one finally comes out again. <laughs> it's later this year. You don't stay up on on much current events, do you, Chad? They get pushed no. back. Oh, Jesus. Yes, it got pushed back. So part one of your two-parter into the Spider-Verse thing or whatever doesn't come out until next year now. Well, damn. Um, that sucks. I, I, when you're when you're talking at some point, I'll look it up and I'll tell you what the new date is. For some reason, I want to say it's the summer. I think I got pushed all the way back to the summer. 
and then uh maybe in the first quarter of 2024 the second part comes out i think but yeah they they it was a rel- to be fair it was a relatively subtle move it wasn't yeah. it didn't have a didn't have a lot of fanfare for multiple reasons probably but i didn't so i just happened to see people talking about it and that's when i bothered to go check and it's like oh yeah sony sony moved it so well there you go but let's talk about a movie that we have actually seen yes uh so i was thinking about which how to segue into this because up until you let me know you were like when you were like in the like the, almost like the two minute warning of going into the theater to see this i was working on the assumption that you weren't going to be seeing it this weekend so i had a mini episode in my mind I never got the chance to record, but but how I was going to begin it, and I I think I'll we'll still use segue is that I was thinking about expectations when it comes to this movie because I I do think especially if anybody is listening to this who hasn't seen it yet that how you feel about this movie will greatly depend on what your expectations are going in and then, and I re- was thinking about this in relation to Kevin Feige's quote which he made like last week, right before the movie was about to come out about how he felt that Marvel had shown too much in the advertising, which on the surface didn't make any sense to me because number one, we've all seen much more ridiculously over the top Marvel marketing campaigns with the age of Ultron probably being the poster child for this, where they, where they showed way too much in the last like two, two and a half weeks, kind of like what Green Lantern did. When it almost reeks of desperation because it's like you're showing stuff that you don't need to show, especially for Age of Ultron, which, you know, the audience was there. You don't need to convince people to go see your movie. So it didn't make any sense to me on that level what he meant. It also didn't make any sense on a little, you know, with the idea that if it was true that Sony and Marvel were at odds about how to take the approach, the final marketing of No Way Home with Marvel wanting more, more, more and Sony wanting no. Now you look at it, it's like, well, I guess that could have been true. and Feige, I guess, in theory, would have been on the Sony side if that's the if that's the case. Really, deep down, he would have been on the on the Sony side, not the Marvel, the Disney, the Disney suit side. And it also didn't make any sense to me because when you really think about the, think about this movie now that we've seen it, the actual plot points in this movie, the major plot of what's going on, were not given away in the trailers, to, in the commercials. So none of it made sense to me to think, and I, and I thought this before I went in because I basically knew what was good, you know, what, what was going on in this movie before I went to go see it. But then after seeing it, I think what Kevin Feige really meant was, from an expectation perspective, number one, almost every major cameo that we get in this movie was either officially confirmed or pseudo confirmed in the marketing campaign. There's really only two members of the Illuminati that we don't see at all before if you, in the marketing campaign. And I think it also raised the expectation that this movie was going to be a cameo fest, that this was going to be going, jumping from world to world to world and seeing different variations and variants of all these other characters that we know. And when you break it down to what this movie really is, that's not what you get in this movie. That's not what this movie is about. Other than that, the initial jump with America Chavez, he spends his entire time in one other universe. Was it 838? I think uh, I think it was. I don't remember the number. I just remember them saying confirming that the MCU we are six one six. Yeah, I think it's. I yeah. think it's eight three eight. Either way, but we that's the only universe we really spend time in. So if you go in expecting this to be just cameo, 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 weird multiverse stuff, and 
that's not what this movie is. So if you go in expecting that, you're probably going to be disappointed in this movie. That being said, I must admit, I didn't love this movie. I thought this movie was it was in, it was entertaining. We got the most human Doctor Strange that we ironically with everything that happens in this movie. We've gotten the most probably down to earth or relatable and less douchey Doctor Strange. And we've got that we've seen probably before. But yeah, I didn't really, I didn't love this movie. I liked it. I didn't love it. I makes you wonder, makes you wonder two things, at least for me. Makes you wonder what the we well, Sam Raimi has confirmed the original cut of this movie was 240, which kind of is what people were saying that was going to be. So so you know that it was based in fact when they said the running time in this movie was going to be longer than or than No Way Home at one point. The probably his cut of the movie was. Now the question is, what was that before they did all the reshoots? Was that after they did all the reshoots? It was he could have been referring to you know the first one they tested. Who knows? But it makes you wonder, A, what the original version of this movie was that, that made them go back and do the reshoots and which version actually would have been better. Was it that much of a train wreck that this is the best they could pull out of it, even with the, with the reshoots? Or was it just that that was much more of a Artur vision of what he wanted this movie to be and it didn't fit the Marvel uh, checkboxes? Those are, those, are, those are my initial thoughts before we go into, you know, like plot point things. So I think my thoughts can be summed up in a way, and, and and I have no idea what this means, but it kind of popped into my head, and that's not me like sort of touting my own brilliance or something, but like it's a thought that occurred to me, and for some reason I don't know necessarily like I can't put into words what it means, but I think you might be able to, and that is if I if you hadn't t- told me like you or the news or whatever if if you hadn't told me that this was a Sam Raimi movie. If after I watched it, somebody said, oh, it was directed by Sam Raimi, I would have gone, oh, that makes sense. I couldn't tell you. I can't point to specifics. I don't know what it is, but it felt like a Sam Raimi movie. I feel like I know just enough to be able to identify that, but I don't know what those identifying marks are. And yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I didn't love this movie. I enjoyed it. and and and. Let's to to be fair, I and I told Mark this, uh, in, you know, uh, via DMs. We we typically, guys, we don't talk about these movies in in uh, like Facebook Messenger back and forth or whatever, because especially if we're going to talk about the film on the episode, because really there's no point. We're just going to be re- rehashing ourselves. Just wait till the episode, right? Save it for content. But I did one of those tier lists, those those S, you know, S through D lists that you see people doing all the time. Um, and I kind of rushed it, so it was the, it's not precise. And I'm not going to go through my entire list. But um, I love all of the Marvel Cinematic movies to varying degrees. So your atypical S through D list is like S tier is like favorite movie, and then D tier is like hated it. There's not a single Marvel movie I hated. So that being said, for me, S tier is something like Winter Soldier or... Uh, Black Panther or Ragnarok or the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And D tier is like Shang-Chi or Eternals or Black Widow or Captain Marvel or Dark World, those sorts of things. Multiverse of Madness falls sort of dead middle for me. It's probably B tier. Uh, it's I, I had originally had it on the C tier and then I realized I actually like it more than the original Doctor Strange movie, which I had on C tier. 
So that would automatically make it B tier. So it's it's a middle of the road film for me. It felt a bit hopscotchy in where we were going, the story we were trying to tell. I almost felt like we didn't get much of a story, if that makes sense. I felt like, okay, yeah, the plot and everything with, with you know, evil Wanda or whatever, um, uh, or just, I guess, straight up Scarlet Witch, right, is the name. So, um, you know, trying to, to prevent her and what she's doing and uh, how that could do it. Like, I, I get that, but the rest... <sighs> How we got to preventing her to do those things sort of felt a little disjointed to me. Effects were cool. The cameos, of course, were cool. Are, are we trying to stay out of the spoiler range until we get into more specifics for now? I don't think it really matters. If you would like okay. to wait till we do the till we talk more plot, that's fine. But I don't think we. We're okay. gonna, this is clearly going. This is cl- clearly going to be with the, the disclaimer that it's a spoiler review. So yeah, yeah, okay. So then, like you know, I was super stoked that that was specifically Krasinski as as a as a mr fantastic so that that's cool uh you know seeing xavier seeing black bolt like that's that's all cool stuff uh all well and good i wish there honestly i wish there were more sort of cameo things but just sort of background things like sort of blinking you'll miss it easter eggs here and there and i'm sure maybe there's some youtube video out there that might go over a ton of shit maybe i missed um but I don't I don't know that I came out of this movie feeling like there was any forward progression to the MCU story as a whole. Yeah, I think general thoughts wise, I think I can leave it at that. Middle of the road film, enjoyed it, enjoyed it more than the first Doctor Strange, but I don't feel like we ended up anywhere particularly different. I mean, obviously we know what happens in that last second scene with Dr. Strange and the third eyeball. And clearly he was impacted by the dark hole and, and all that stuff. Uh, and then the, after the credit scene and all that, we're, we're going somewhere, but every, every after the credit scene, regardless of how, um, how good the movie is or whatever is supposed to take you into the next thing. So that's notwithstanding. but yeah, I did feel, I, I, like I said, it felt middle of the road, definitely felt like a Sam Raimi film, although I couldn't tell you what denotes that in my mind. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't really feel the movie had its own stakes, but I didn't feel MCU stakes as heavily. I don't want to say, I don't want to say they weren't there. I didn't feel them as heavily in this film as some of the other Marvel films. No. And considering what we, what, and this is where, again, this is why I think at least partially where of what Feige's concerns were or his issues were, is that based on what we were led and told about this movie and so a lot of the rumors about this movie, on that level, it's, it kind of did fail a lot when it comes to meeting the expectations or what people imagined was going to be in this movie. You thought it was going to be a multiversal a huge multiversal threat yeah they throw out the cute little language about oh i could destroy the fabric of the multiverse or multiple you know universes and at the end of the day it sounds good to say that but all wanda really wanted was to to all really wanda wanted was to steal america chavez's power so she could find a universe and apparently it was going to be we assume the 8381 but either way, it didn't matter. She was going to find a universe where she could be reunited with her kids and 
That's what she wanted America Chavez's power for. And she was going to kill her to take the power just in case, like a get out of jail free card in case there was ever an emergency. Especially she played up, they specifically mentioned an illness that couldn't be cured in that universe or that earth. Well, guess what? She's got multiversal hopping powers, so she'll just find a universe where they can cure her kids because supposedly the, the multiverse is just a, you know, there's a cure for everything in a multiverse, which was kind of a lame throwaway line, I think. But that was a basic thing. So it's not like this wasn't like a zero hour event where Wanda was trying to reset all of time or every, or reset the entire multiverse. No, she had personal goals and this was a means to an end. And there was that part of her that still, you know, the reasonable, being reasonable, the part of her that didn't really want to do a lot of the things that she did. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people aren't just going to let her take the kid and kill the kid even. And that's thus, thus the conflict. Dr. Strange and, and Wong be feeling compelled to protect her for, for multiple reasons. But the stakes for the whole multiverse, that was not really that really wasn't there in this. The cameos again, yeah, the camp, the cameos, we there should have been a lot more or they should have shown a lot less of the, of the ones that were in the movie in the marketing going back to that point that the only one we didn't know about, about black bolt. And I mean, as in confirmation, black bolt had been rumored. Mr. Fantastic had been rumored. Supposedly the Tom Cruise thing as Iron Man was never filmed, but it was true that that's what something they wanted to do. It just, they couldn't, they just couldn't make it work. But when you think about it, the only, we already knew the Haley Atwell as Captain Carter was about, was about as confirmed as humanly possible without just seeing your face. We already saw the shield in the poster. We saw the shield in two different scenes in the advertising. You knew Captain Carter was going to be in the movie. We had the confirmation that it was uh, Maria Rambo, which is what I thought as Captain Marvel, not Monica, which made more sense based on the way the, the variations and variants have tended to work at this point. That there's just one little tripping point or fork in the road where things go different. And it would have been a lot easier for Maria to be Captain Marvel instead of Carol, then for her daughter to be Captain Marvel over any of them, which doesn't mean there's not a universe where that happened. It just meant based on what we've seen so far, it's just these slight little variations at times give you different results. So only Mr. Fantastic and Black Bolt, we didn't know about. We knew about Professor X. The Illuminati is not in the movie particularly long at all. The fact that they get killed, I know some people made a big deal about that. They're dead, but who knows if you know, it's death. It can be erased pretty easily. Plus, you figure in that universe, since they killed Thanos on Titan, it, it appeared that this Infinity Stones probably still exist. So there's well, no that, reason. And, and that sort of adds to the whole stakes thing. When, when I mean, you know, when I sat back and when I was watching that movie, I was like, God, there's a lot of gore and death in this film. That's a, ra- that's a Raimi true. That, that's one of the reasons why, you know, it's a Raimi movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, but but also in 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 the same beat as noticing that, I also went, well, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it, the, none of those deaths mattered. No, no. For, on multiple levels. First of all, we don't have any ties to it. Well, there's only a few members of the Illuminati we have any kind of emotional tie to, even though they're not, quote unquote, ours anyway. Professor X, you'd have a tie to. Uh, Captain Carter, you'd have a tie to. It's kind of hard to have a tie to, with Captain Marvel because, as I as I joked with Jim, it's like it's good to know that in any universe, Captain Marvel is kind of unrelatable and douchey. It just kind of like it seems like it's built into the character. That you know, Mar- Mar- I don't remember. I could be wrong. I've only watched Captain Marvel like twice. I don't remember Maria Rambo as Maria Rambo in that movie being as much of a douche as she was 
as being Captain Marvel, Maria Rambo. Doesn't matter. We're not going to have any stakes on that. We don't know anything. You know, we don't really care all that much about her. Black Bolt, we don't care all that much about, regardless of the Inhuman show. And yeah, we liked Krasinski, but that, that, that death doesn't have a lot of weight. Plus, again, it's a different universe. They beat Thanos in a different way. There's no reason to think the Infinity Stones were destroyed. So there's, all you need is Mordo with the Eye of Agamotto there, turning, turning everything back with, the, with, with the, the Time Stone. And guess what? The Illuminati is not dead. Oh, so and he, Baron Mordo. I mean, he doesn't even he isn't our Mordo. So even those stakes and Doctor Strange's connection to him and what that can mean in terms of ties to the first Doctor Strange movie. None of that matters either because it's not the same Mordo. Yeah, that that that's true. It may raise the stakes down the road when you actually have our Mordo and, and Doctor Strange interact again. But it kind of became, yeah, it's it's one of those things where early on in the marketing for the movie, you may have it may have been unclear, and we may have so thought it was our Mordo because of his uh, desire to his belief that Doctor Strange is taking the wrong approach and trying to stop there's too many magic users and Doctor Strange is abusing it. But it became pretty clear, even without reading stuff, that as you got closer to the marketing and the ties into to the Illuminati, that it's like, yeah, the odds are it was never going to be. Was, wasn't our Mordo to begin with. Plus the rumor that the Illuminati was made up of people from different parts of the multiverse turned out to not be true based on at least what they tell us in this movie. These were all heroes from that, from that world that beat Thanos. Those were all heroes from that world. As far as we were led to believe, there's no reason to think they came, they were from different parts of the multiverse. But it's all, the Thanos stuff is interesting just because even if we believe that Doctor Strange literally saw every possibility not not just kind of like glossed over a few that he didn't think were viable like you know with the book of ashanti that it's interesting that in different universes there were different ways to be thanos even though they may not all be the same across the board but there were diff- clearly different ways to beat thanos because that world beat thanos in a completely different way than, than we did quote unquote so that part that part that part was that part was interesting but as far as stakes, yeah, it didn't, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel for a movie that should have felt more tied to the whole MCU. It felt, it didn't feel that way. It kind of felt on some levels less connected to the MCU and the threat than in Spider-Man No Way Home. It, it, it's weird. It's, it's one of those things where, and it's something that I mean, I mentioned a little bit in the Moon Knight discussion with Dan, that to me, the Marvel and the MCU right now is is kind of disjointed. There's some loose connective tissue here and there from project to project and things and things. And regardless of whether this is their strategy or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that this is ha- it just doesn't seem like it's it's as tightly or, or or logically connected as it was. And I think that's problematic. I think it's problematic from a viewing perspective. And, and yeah, one level is great jumping in on the ground floor of having somebody, oh, you don't need to watch these five movies to understand what's going on. Maybe. I mean, you still probably would be lost. You could potentially be lost in in this movie if you didn't, if you hadn't seen whether you saw, well, even if you saw WandaVision, because the irony is Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi and the writer of this movie didn't watch all of WandaVision, which is part of the criticism of this movie, is that having Wanda kind of like progress naturally from point A to point B well, it doesn't seem like she did. And part of the reason why is because they didn't really watch the show. So they don't really know where everything that happened in the show, which is a major fuck up, to be perfectly honest with you. But it just seems like the MCU is kind of like floating aimlessly. And it's like and it's like we and and 
whether they are building towards something, bringing everything, all these pieces together or not, we don't know it. And because we don't know it, and if these projects start becoming so separate and so unconnected, like Moon Knight, for the most part, was unconnected with very few ties. But in the big picture, you're not going to lose any sleep if you didn't watch Moon Knight as far as how it because of MCU ties. You start doing that regularly. You also lessen the need for people to run out and see your movie or see your TV show or I have to watch it because I'm going to be lost. It's like, no, you may not be lost because this stuff, none of this stuff really connects in any meaningful way at the moment. And that's what and it seems like that's what they want. But it's a really interesting and, and not in a good way. It's a shaky way, I think, to be entering into as as we're now into three years removed from from Endgame. And even if you want to say we should only be two years removed because of COVID, you're looking at what's coming down the pike. I got to be honest with you. I don't think Thor is going to have massive ties to the fate of, you know, big, big picture projects that are coming down the road. I mean, I mean, glaringly right in your face. I don't see that. I don't know if I'm going to see it. If I suspect, if I expect to see it in Black Panther, maybe probably Ant-Man and the Wasp is because of Kang is probably the one that you would expect to have some big pieces fall into place. But who the hell knows about the Marvels? So I don't know. And any of the TV shows, you don't know how they're going to tie into anything other than uh, Ms. Marvel clearly being basically a prologue to get people to go see the to see the Marvels, the movie. I think it's a shaky I think it's a shaky time for the MCU where if they continue down that road. Yeah, they're still going to have huge movies, but it's going to be huge movies based on people's interest, either in the character or the specific plot of that movie. But it's not going to drive people from one project to the next to the next, which has been the M.O. so far. It's a dangerous way to go, in my opinion, because it's, you could marginalize some of the some of the stuff you've built. You had a lot of goodwill, even after Endgame, when people probably many people figured you were never going to get that kind of peak again. That was the peak of the MCU. You may never have that. That's a, and it's may very well be true based on the characters that you you lost or you retired, and or the actors playing those characters. That even if you bring them back once a few more times for projects you know you kind of moved beyond these and you have to because they age. You may never have that moment again. That that was the pinnacle. But they had a lot of goodwill built up afterwards. And it seemed like they've been kind of these some of the projects they picked. Black Widow was kind of a Black Widow is a middle of the road movie to me. I do think Shang-Chi is better than a middle of the road movie. The Eternals is clearly middle of the road. No Way Home is great. But I think Doctor Strange is back to being middle of the road. So if you look at their and you and the fact that it's, Spider-Man was a Sony movie and you look at the actual movies that they've made themselves, Marvel Studios, they haven't exactly hit it out of the park in phase four. And the TV shows haven't all been super, super thrilling, all of them either. So I think it's it's I think it's a, it's a really critical time for them to at least give us some breadcrumbs about what what's coming. If there is something tying all this together and, and big events coming. I kind of think now that we're three years past Endgame and we know nothing's coming through the first half of 2023, that's going to be big. It's in a, you know, a big event kind of, kind of movie. I think they need to give us something. I think everybody's what thinking Secret Wars. That is the that is the in thing right now. Everybody is talking about Secret Wars, and it may very well be true, but you got to sort and maybe some of those breadcrumbs will be dropped in. You know, in Kang, in, with Kang in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But yeah. still, if you have enough projects that are just kind of like, well, they're really not related to this on the surface. 
or, or, or they're, they're even loosely connected to this project. Like, oh, yeah, we saw the character in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. But other than that, it's like, well, it means nothing. You just saw it. You just saw what this character was. I don't know. Yeah. Captain Marvel 2 has some potential. Obviously, I think the big question mark for a lot of people is the, the what's going to happen with the FF uh, in that film and everything. Honestly, the one I think probably has that m- the most potential to be tied into whatever we're going into next without like the, not a lot of people are focusing on right now is actually blade. And I would agree with you from the, as far as taking the MCU in a different direction. Yeah. Or wherever we're headed next, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know if the supernatural thing is, is going to, if there's likely to be something all encompassing. I think that's what they were kind of, I think they were kind of testing that maybe a little with this because this is some, you know, a lot of people out there are saying this is more of a horror flick uh, in some ways. I mean, it's, it's MCU horror in that there's jump scares and scary things uh, and death. Um, uh, But I wonder if maybe that they were sort of testing the limits of what the MCU can do um, with this film in some way to prepare for what avenues they can go down. I think the horror aspects of this were toned down. That's one of the yeah. things that seemed to be pretty clear that that from what Raimi would have done, the vision that Raimi had and then what the MCU or Feige or, or Chapek or people above Feige, the suits, what they wanted the checkboxes to be that or a combination of all of them, that, they, that that's how why the movie changed. That's supposedly one of the reasons that Derrickson left the project was because these I think that he thought it was going to be much more of a horror. You know, an MCU, the first MCU horror film, as they described it, and then probably based on what he was told about what what they wanted, that didn't quite meet the vision that he thought what really drew him into wanting to do the project. And then it was like, well, is Moon Knight more horror than this is? No, I don't okay. think so. No, I wouldn't say I no. I mean, it's supernatural, uh, clearly, but I wouldn't. No, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's more horror than this. Uh, so. But yeah, I mean, the super, the supernatural stuff is, I think that's going to be like a niche thing, just like it was with comic books. I find it hard to believe that that would be, it could have a big fan base, relatively big, maybe small B big, but I don't see that ever being, oh, unless, yeah, unless they wanted to do like a Marvel zombies thing, which in a way they kind of ruined in a way with what if, if they, if they wanted to do that and have complete full impact, I think, but I don't know. I think they need to. They need to give us something. If they're building towards Secret Wars, then they need to give us something. They, or at least if they're build, if they know who they think who their big the big bad. If there's going to be one that's going to be creating a big threat that the entire MCU has to handle, even if it's handling in separate se- in separate sections or in moments, not all coming together to fight at the same time. I think they got to give us that too. I think they got to give us something because I think. I do think goodwill is only going to carry them so far. And especially when they, when you get a bunch of mediocre or average MCU movies and they have not exactly been stellar in phase four. Yeah. You know, you bring up a point uh, I wanted to touch on just because I was thinking about it. I think that uh, what you were talking about, like you don't know that the MCU is going to go down those different avenues and stuff um, or that they would is maybe even a missed opportunity. You know, kind of, you know, people like to point to the, 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 what could, you know, if DC started doing it right, what could they do differently? 
I think it'd be great if DC had like, you know, their sci-fi sort of sci-fi superhero cosmic sort of ilk line of movies, a, a sort of feel, a tone that those all match your Superman's, your Green Lanterns, your, um, you know, whatever those fantastical sort of superheroic uh, sci-fi movies would look like. Even something as, uh, you know, as B or rather even C or D tier as like Adam Strange or something like that. Like something like that would look like, and then you have your your dark and gritty, down to earth sort of stuff, like your Batman's, you know, or you could even do a Nightwing film, or um, you know, whatever whatever other sort of um, uh, your Green Arrow could even be something along that line. But then there's also your your supernatural side to DC. You can do your Swamp Thing, you can do your Constantine, you can do your Just Cross someday Ragman, uh, but you could even end up doing like your Justice League Dark, and then the tie-ins that you make in the future not necessarily sort of Avenger style where everything comes together in one big movie, but where you're bringing in these elements together. And I don't know that the MCU has done that yet or, or that we've really seen that they're willing to take the other side because, you know, there are those elements, just like there's those elements of DC, right? That, that point where uh, house of mystery, you know, was one thing. And then it, you know, like it was silver age Martian manhunter stories with weird, gadzooks looking creatures and stuff and then it went straight into horror just straight out horror with uh what, what was his name kane's brother was it kane or was it kane's brother who was like the kane and abel kane and abel who were like the host of like it was a whole thing it got dark it got horror and then we have like these 80s elements that were crazy and fantastical and and trippy and almost drug induced like with sandman and there's these elements that these these heroic films uh, or these universes aren't necess- aren't touching on that maybe more indie or singular films are that I wish that the MCU would branch out of to or I wish you know DC would get its shit together and do and I wonder if you know you said they they're not really they're they're not really discovering or really exploring that with the MCU you know you saying that just makes me see the potential that could be there if they did, if they didn't stick to their feel, to their format. Uh, and just, you know, they, they don't have to freaking rewrite the script and blow everything up and start over again, feel wise, but let's start dabbling a little bit. And maybe that's what intrigues me about Blade and where it could go. I think it's a fine line with what they can do, because again, you, you do want to branch out. You don't want to do the same stuff entirely because yeah, if you don't, you know, you you have to always be evolving or growing or you're dying essentially, but are you're, are you going to become extinct one way or the other if you don't adapt, but then branching off and doing different things or in different ways. Yeah. There's a natural appeal to that, but it is also, it's almost like you've got to segue a little bit or you have to have part of what you're doing. So follows the formula and then you go off and you do some stuff that, that doesn't. I think what they're doing, at least to me right now, it's it gives the hint that it's a bigger tonal shift that I mean, we I mean, we look at like the look at the after credit scenes that we've gotten for the most part in in phase four that, you know, they're not it's hard to know how many when you think back at them and then I'm trying to as I'm saying this, how impactful any of them were. I mean, this and plus some of a lot of them are just so blatantly self-serving that it's not even well oh that's awesome it's just it's self-serving like the stuff where the elena in black widow was just setting up basically the hawkeye show 
And I mean, Elena is awesome. So that's cool. But it was not a, it, it was an interesting post-credit scene, but it wasn't, but it wasn't super impactful. The two things in Shang-Chi about, oh, his sister taking over the, taking over the organization. That's all right. I mean, we know it, it'll have ramifications, but it, it wasn't, ooh, that's awesome. And neither in shoehorning in Captain Marvel and, and, and Banner for, and which didn't even make a whole lot of sense really on some levels that was not overly impactful. That was just, Hey, but at least at, at least in a way that was following the typical, the typical formula, the Eternals that, I mean, the blade black Knight scene was cool. That's the pip, the troll one was kind of stupid, but, and even spy and even Spider-Man, I mean, you had, you watch your mouth about pip. I never like, look, I, I don't, I don't care about the, the character that he introduced, but, Pip gets me closer to Warlock, so let's bring it on. Yeah, except we know we're already getting Warlocks. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then Spider-Man. I mean, we only we only had one real credit scene, and that was the one with Venom, which was kind of lame, other than the fact again that hints at something they might do, but that wasn't a great scene. And then we, you had the Doctor Strange trail, and these two are. I mean, I don't. Most almost nobody knew who Charlize Theron. I mean, if you're a diehard comic book fan or you already read spoilers, yeah, you'd you'd know who she was supposed to be. But it's not like she even introduces herself, which would have been real nice, at least to the audience to say, maybe at least have her say who say her name. It's like, do you know who I am or you don't know who I am? But blah, 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 blah. For those of you playing along at home, that's Clea Dormammu's sister and Dr. Strange's future wife. It's not as I think he is her uncle. I think I think her mother is his sister. Dormammu's mother is okay. I think, yeah, I don't. I think it's his. I think it's her uncle. It's been a long. I'll, I'll be honest. Doctor Strange's original stuff is stuff that I have tried to read just to, you know, kind of like you just read it because, like, oh, it's supposed to be this iconic piece of comics history, but didn't actually catch me as personal interest. So my memory may be a little fuzzy. I'm. Pr- I thought she was his sister. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, tangent. we will look it up. The reality is that you know a lot of people were kind of lost about who who she really was, you know, and it's like that had more in, that had more impact, whatever impact it did, because it was Charlize Theron. Other than that, Dormammu was her uncle. That uh, and you know, and if yeah, it's and the last and the and the final the post the post you know the post post credit scene with. Bruce Campbell that, you know, that's, that's more for your Raimi fans, which I'll be honest. I completely missed that. That street vendor was Bruce Campbell until the end credit scene. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe I was focused on something else. I don't know, but I completely missed. That's who that was. Pizza Papa. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But so, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think, and it isn't all about the end credits, but it, but but again, that's part that's part of what has helped build the you know the, the interest in, in the MCU and the and the connective tissue. And it's just and that's not and that's not a reason to you know to criticize Doctor Strange as a movie by itself because it there are things I agree with getting back maybe getting back on point a little bit something to, that you mentioned directly related to you know, I talked I talked about the basics of the plot but you talked about certain other aspects of the movie it did feel disjointed and we don't necessarily know if that's because of the reshoots or because of all the editing they had to do before, even if it was after the reshoots, you know, maybe his assembled cut was 240 after the reshoots and they cut it down to like whatever it was like 207, which or even if it's 210, that's a huge amount of, a huge amount of stuff they cut out of a movie, but you have, 
And it, and it also seemed, and it seemed, and it, I, I thought it for a movie that was barely over two hours, I thought it kind of dragged a little bit in like in the somewhere in the second act or getting into the end of the, th- the third act, especially when Wanda and Wong went to Wondergore. That I yeah, that, I, I was, I, 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 not to pull you off target. No, it's okay. Like, I, I, I did feel, again, I come up with these things. I don't know where they come from or why I feel it this way, but I became somewhere around that act, the, the three fourths of the way through the movie or so. I felt like I was aware I was in a movie theater <laughs> and how long I'd been there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, and I, and, and even, even the stuff with the, you know, with the evil Dr. Strange at the end, uh, close to the end when he, when our Dr. Strange ends up getting control of the dark hold that, I mean, there was a little bit interesting and the stuff with him and Christine was more interesting actually than a lot of stuff between him and the other version version of of himself and of course having like the ultimate is like the ultimate dueling MacGuffins because you have uh, you have America Chavez as a MacGuffin on her own because every you know because that's that's the item that you know, everybody wants everybody needs to protect and then you have the book of Ashanti which turns out to be totally useless or pointless it's a failed MacGuffin because of the fact that by the time you actually get get in a position to actually do something with it it, it just gets destroyed immediately <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, which is like the, as some people have pointed out, that's like the ultimate MacGuffin because the fact that the book of Ashanti basically literally lets you do anything you want. <laughs> you can do anything with it. Uh, it's like, yeah, hey, we need to defeat Thanos. Well, all you need is a book of Ashanti. And then if you tell, if you say, say the right thing and use the, or cast the right spell or whatever you have to do with the book of Ashanti, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just, it just, it seemed, a little more inconsequential plot wise than you thought it was going to be. And I don't think it, they didn't do, they didn't do right by Wanda, but I knew coming in if unless they were going to throw us the ultimate curveball and Wanda was not going to be the villain that I knew. Oh, but they didn't, they didn't even, they didn't even do a great parallaxing of her as, as Wanda lacks that even wasn't even that satisfying because of the fact that you don't, because it certainly wasn't like zero hour parallax because it was because at least zero hour was how moving. He's sure he wanted to bring Coast City back because he always wants to bring Coast City back. But he realized it's bigger picture issues and that solving Coast City or even bringing it back doesn't solve the big issues of the universe. And that's what and that's what zero hour was about. It was about starting everything over, trying to make things as perfect as it, as it, as it could be. But then he was going to be an active guardian, making sure that a lot of these little things that always popped up which would grow into big things he'd be able to uh you know just wipe it out before it ever became a problem wanda was all you know it was incredibly it was it was selfish it did go against part of who she was as a person and the character growth she seemingly had or or the realization of of what she did wrong in in what in wandavision the fact that vision wasn't in the movie at all is really weird i know he gets name dropped but and maybe that Earth doesn't have vision, but it you know there's lots of little things in this you would think if you and maybe yeah maybe Doctor Strange doesn't know white vision is floating around out there and obviously he just has the memories but no emotional ties, so that might not work. But you know Hawkeye would have been a good person to go to if you're trying to reach Wanda emotionally, because we don't know what the deal is with Steve. So Wanda so Hawkeye would be the closest person left to try to reach her emotionally because of her connection to try to make her realize like Wanda what the hell are you doing. That it just, I don't know, it just, it just didn't work. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen was great. She probably was the star 
you know, she was like the MVP of this movie. Cumberbatch was good, but she was like the MVP. And, you know, and Benedict Wong is always good, too. But and I liked America Chavez for what she was in this movie. Yes, agreed. I, yeah, I liked her. She she's cute. She's appealing. Uh, she played the, the character was the character was written, I think, as well as it could be based on her role in this movie. You know, maybe it would have been better if she had been first introduced, you know, in Spider-Man. Maybe it would have. But then again, these movies were were restructured and re-released out of original order. So lots there have been lot, there obviously were plenty of changes that had to be made because of the COVID delays. But yeah, I, I would definitely be interested in seeing in seeing her again down down the road. So that was a plus. So this wasn't had nothing to do with had nothing to do with the with the acting. It just it just seemed like yeah, it didn't it seemed like it was missing something. And maybe that was just because of the way the movie was put together and because of what all the work they've had to do from and I don't even count switching to switching to Raimi because by all accounts, Derrickson at least claimed he never even had a script before he left the project. So you assume whatever the issues were with this movie were all since, you know, Raimi came on board, which I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that it's not like a solo, uh, not like a solo situation where Ron Howard had to come in and literally reshoot like three quarters of the movie because of it just wasn't working. It wasn't like that. They, even though supposedly they reshot a whole crap ton of this movie, but it was with the same director. So that could be why it's disjointed and why the middle of this movie kind of kind of goes off, kind of like one, no pun intention, mo, no pun intended. It kind of wanders off. Uh, it's, it's beaten paths, especially when the whole Wonder Gore thing, and that's only held together out of interest because that's when you're dealing with the Illuminati for the most part. Yeah, I, I was disappointed. I'm going to say for... Spider-Man met or ex- and probably exceeded my expectations. I would say I would say Doctor Strange did not. I would put Doctor Strange right if I'm just looking at the movies we've gotten in Phase Four. Hmm. I would say Spider-Man's number one for me. I'm actually going to say I think Shang Chi was number two. This would be three. Black Widow would be four, and the Eternals would be five. So it's dead, dead, and dead set in the middle right now. That's where I would put. And I fully expect Thor to push it out of the top three once Thor comes out. Yeah, disjointed was definitely the the moniker I'd give it. I think also there's something to be said for the fact that what ends up snapping Wanda out of out of it, you know, the kids are scared of her and she realizes she'd be taking their mother away from them and stuff like that. Those were points that were already brought up to her in the film. And I guess you could kind of make the case of there's a difference between, you know, telling somebody something and then them seeing it. But also, like you said, you know, in some ways, these are lessons she already kind of learned during WandaVision. So that felt, you know, insincere, maybe, Uh, maybe the wrong word, but, you know, basically. And honestly, as much as, you know, if, if you were to tell me Mordo or Scarlet Witch, I'm inherently more interested in Scarlet Witch. But when you showed me Mordo and he had so much presence in some of the trailers, it got me thinking about the possibilities of where we could go. It got me very curious about what his role would be in the film and stuff like that. Because, you know, finally after Doctor Strange and after Infinity War, after Endgame, after uh, No Way Home, like we're finally circling back around to Doctor Strange 1. And the prophecy of what Mordo warned him about coming true and what the potential was there 
only for that to be completely wiped away because this was an Armordo and it didn't even matter. Again, effects incredible. You know, there was some good, uh, there's some great acting. There were some great effects. There were some great, uh, even moments, uh, character moments and stuff like that, such that it's not a D tier film for me for the overall MCU. Uh, it's still an enjoyable film, but again, largely inconsequential feeling to me. And, you know, I've talked about the dark hole a lot on this show in recent years. And, you know, my history with that book personally, a little miffed that they just not only destroyed the dark hole, but destroyed it for every instance across the multiverse, which of course I know they can undo. Yeah. As far, as far, as far as we know, there could be, I mean, maybe there's a, maybe there's a, who knows, maybe there's a version of somewhere that, that Dr. Doom has a separate spell on or some, some kind of fail save. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, Regardless, I thought it was cool that the dark hold was getting this much attention only to be just wiped out in the same movie. I mean, I, I know we talked about it in WandaVision and, and stuff like that, but let's be real. Not everybody watches those shows. So for a lot of people, this is their first exposure to the dark hold and the potential that offers. So, um, but yeah, disjointed inconsequential uh, in some respects, but still enjoyable is probably the way I'd sum it up. Oh yes. I mean, I think again, like that's why, so maybe we'll begin and end at the same area. It's the expectation game. If you, um, if you, if you don't go, if you didn't, if you don't go, if you go in, like if you haven't seen this yet, but you wanted, you wanted to, but you were curious what other people thought and for whatever reason that if you don't go in thinking that, yes, you're going to be getting a thousand cameos and jumping to 55 different worlds. And that's a huge part of the important of the real plot of this movie. It's critical. And if you don't go in thinking that's what you're going to get, if you if you understand that it's a much even though we're dealing with the multiverse, it's a much smaller story and a much more personal story. Even the Doctor Strange aspect of realizing the flaws that can't the personality and flaws that seem to carry over into every version of Doctor Strange with just some Doctor Strange. Luckily, ours seems to be one of them who is more capable of re- of reining himself in under the right circumstances and learning lessons while other Dr. Stranges can't, or they learn it too late that, yeah, you'll, you'll probably, if you go in with lower expectations, you'll, you will, you will enjoy this movie. It's not a bad movie, but yeah, if you go in, if you go in thinking this is going to be either as emotionally relevant or just as arguably as just fun in a way as Spider-Man No Way Home was at its peak, then you'll probably be disappointed because Spider-Man did it better, honestly. And from what I've heard, which makes you, you know, I, I just can't wait for it to come out on Voodoo so I can get it. Supposedly also everything, every everything, everywhere, all at once also did better. Oh, if, yeah. If I, if I, by far, that was a better multiverse movie. And even conceptually, it was a better multiverse movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. yeah, I've actually got. Well, while we were kind of wrapping up, I pulled up Voodoo to see if it was out yet on Voodoo, and it's not. Well, it's still doing. It's still doing very well, considering in yeah. at the box office. That that's a word of mouth movie that it continually keeps that movie in the. I think the next movie I'm going to see is The Northman. My brother-in-law wants to see that. Yeah, I I I have no real desire to see The Northman. I saw the Nick Cage movie, which was pretty fun. And and of course I and everything everywhere those those are ones that I've seen. Still have to see um, Fantastic Beasts. That sh- that'll probably be coming on video soon. Probably because yeah. they can't have much life left in it in the theater because it's not mm. like it did all that well. 
yeah, I think that's going to do it for, for, for this. Uh, and I don't think we have any feedback right now. So I guess if people want to reach out to us, how do they do that? Lanterncast at gmail.com. Of course, the website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Use hashtag geocast to track us down. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, supposedly, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708 Lantern, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And if you still are interested in getting our Discord link, feel free to email us at lanterncast at gmail.com, and we will take care of that for you. Yeah. When we next record with me and Mark, we will be talking about the Green Lantern animated feature, Beware My Power, featuring Jon Stewart, the trailer that had dropped. We are aware of it. Yes, guys, it's out there, but I think it's going to take a little more time for us to discuss than could reasonably fit into this episode. Uh, We wanted to keep this episode a little shorter. We've been doing a lot of longer episodes lately, so we wanted to just be cognizant of time. Um, But we are aware of it, and we will talk about it. And we are talking about it kind of a little bit in the Discord. So that's more incentive for you guys to enjoy uh, and go join the Discord and ask us for the link. So um, otherwise, I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.